Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. This episode is awesome, guys. Mike Kitko, a uh, self-mastery coach, speaker, published author, um, spent some time with us and we dive into how he used to be uh, a corporate executive making good money, um, but had a real a downward spiral where he was drunk and, um, you know, sounds like his kids were grew up in, and saw some abuse and things they never should have seen. And he gets very vulnerable here um, talking about how he hit rock bottom in 2016 and reinvented himself really and is uh, such a better father, you know, husband and entrepreneur now than he ever was. We talk about spiritual freedom. He's a, uh, a prior Marine, so he's got military service and was a great leader throughout his corporate career, but suffered from, I guess, you know, imposter syndrome. He wrote a book about uh, called The Imposter in Charge. He ballooned up to 300 pounds and was drinking. His wife was was high a lot on drugs and sounds like they went through some really rocky times um, up until about 2016. And then he just took control of his own life and started to get healthy. And it's a, an incredible turnaround that we walk through. Um, he found a mentor and a coach uh, for himself. And then he actually ended up filing for divorce. And that um, turned his, I guess it was a wake up call for his wife and they were able to work through their, their issues. And, um, now they're business partners. And I think she's the CEO of his company and he's making more money than ever. Um, he's got his own podcast called lead, love, profit, and play. And, um, man, he's, he works with entrepreneurs all the time and it, it's a huge, it's just all about uh, mindset and taking control um, the difference between being self-centered and being selfish. We talk about finding your zone of genius and, uh, man, there's so much to unpack here. I, I really enjoyed this one and I know you will too. Investors, have you ever felt frustrated by your loan servicer, experienced challenging communication, or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S dot com. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. A life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance.
Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have with us Mike Kitko. Uh, Mike is the founder of Inner Wealth Global, and he's an executive self-mastery coach, speaker, published author. We'll get into more of that here in a bit. But uh, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me. And we got so much more uh, in common. The 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 military history, the we're both Baltimoreans, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we were uh, chatting a little bit before the show and and uh, I I said to Mike, I said, you know, I think we could do like five or six episodes just the <laughs> two of us here because there's so many so many rabbit holes we could go down. Uh the military and then uh, the Baltimore piece and then Obviously, you're an entrepreneur now, and uh, and you deal with entrepreneurs, which is the kind of the the listener out there. So, um, man, I, I know you're. Uh, this is going to be a great one. I can feel it already. So, talk to us, Mike, a little bit about who you are today, um, who you work with, what you do today. Before we before we jump into your backstory. Awesome. So, I uh, in 2016, I founded Inner Wealth Global. Uh, I'm, I'm the I'm the founder CEO, I guess you could say. But uh, we we touch people, especially entrepreneurs around the world. And, and really what we're after, Jamie, is is to try to help them like wake up every single day and the first thought go through their mind is, oh my God, I can't believe I get to live this life. Like I've created such an exceptional life with time freedom and financial freedom and the freedom to be themselves and to say yes when they want to say yes and know when they want to say no. And and that's what the that's what the investor, that's what the entrepreneur is really after, right? We just want like control of our finances and control of our day and nobody calls the shots for us. That's really what we want. And I get to work with those people. I get to work with established entrepreneurs and 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 people that are kind of fresh on the trail that that know they want that, know there's something more to life than just clocking in and clocking out and and saying, you know, and and saying yes because somebody else wants them to say yes. I mean, that's really what we want. And I, I work with those people around the world and I, I help them understand what's in them trying to get out, what purpose in them is trying to get out, what what impact is going to create wealth. And, and create positive change in the world, plus create prosperity and, and abundance and wealth for themselves. And and also, I help them understand, you know, how to how to get inside of themselves and their mind and their bodies and unlock all that all that that worry and the doubt and the fear. Because that, I mean, look, you can have all the time freedom you want and all the the financial freedom you want, but if you wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night, you're not going to enjoy any of it. So without that last one, and I call it spiritual mm-hmm. freedom, the other two don't matter. So unless we get in there and clean that shit out, then, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not going to be worth it. So why yeah. not have all of it, man? Um, Absolutely. And I have, I have masterminds. I have a podcast. Um, I'm pretty proud of of the fact that uh, you know it's called Inner Wealth Global for a reason, and I I kind of pre-positioned that name because my intention is to be able to create impact on on uh, all seven continents, and I got six so far. I got six <laughs> six continents that I've touched, uh, <laughs> nice. but I'm still looking for Antarctica. But yeah, it's just <laughs> okay. making a difference. Just waking up, making a difference. I used to wake up for myself on a, on a daily yeah. basis just to fill my bank account, yeah. and now it's now it's about waking up and making an impact. And because I make an impact, my bank account it grows itself. Yeah, I love it. That's there's so much there. And uh, you know, if one thing that comes to mind is right, currently my wife and I are just each very busy and and both together very busy with some some uh family things we're, we're working through, but she's got a she doesn't have uh, you know, she works for someone else and I work for myself and we were you know, jokingly saying who's busier kind of thing, uh not as a competition but just just, you know, just kind of for fun and She's like, I got all these deadlines and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I got all kinds of deadlines too. And she's like, yeah, but I, you know, I have bosses. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> you're, yeah, you win. <laughs> you, you win. <laughs> you, you win the struggle. Um, you know, because I, I quit my job last year and I, I I do have people I certainly, you know, I have clients, I have investors and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, she's absolutely right. I mean, I don't have to work. I mean, I, I you know, um, so it's it's wonderful when you can find that kind of freedom uh, where you're, you are in control of your day to day, but at the end of the day, couldn't agree more. It's all about uh, adding value to others and bringing, you know, value to others. It's not about how much money can you accumulate. And and um, so before we, right before we uh, jump into your your backstory here, what does kind of what does a typical just high level quick overview? What's a typical yeah. week look like for you? I, I don't have many obligations. I don't have many commitments. Um, I think most of my teaching is wrapped up in I have a mastermind 
and it's full of uh, those entrepreneur types that are looking to, for that for that next mindset and that next heart set edge that's gonna that's gonna propel them into that that next level that they're looking to achieve. But um, I do have employees, so I have mm-hmm. staff calls with my employees, and and we yeah. have you know business meetings and strategy meetings, and I have a few one on one clients, not very many, but for the most part, you know, I might have two or three uh, meetings a day. Um, I have a lot of time freedom and a lot of flexibility, and and I, I love that because what what happens is in a typical day, I'll have a client that we have an unscheduled call or, or we have an unscheduled message and they're in a headlock in some way and they'll text me and or they'll message me. And I, I have that freedom. I have that flexibility to be able to address that. Right. And that's what creates a, an exceptional, I guess, one-on-one relationship is, is the, 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 the ability not just to, to meet a scheduled requirement to be on, you know, but to, but to be in lockstep and shoulder to shoulder with people. But uh, my wife and I both, you know, she she's I, I said CEO of our business because mm-hmm. my wife is kind of the CEO. She she operates mm-hmm. as the CEO, right? And I just kind of I just kind of back off and and just teach. But the point is, is we both we both work out of our home and uh, and and we navigate this life together and we spend a lot of time together. Um, we yeah. do and we work in the business and we work outside of the business and and we have Fridays together and and we um, my kids are eighteen and twenty and so we'll be empty nesters this year. We've got one our way at college and we got one that's. Um, uh, three months away from from being out of the house. Wow. So we've kind of built this life where life and business merge and we'll be sitting at lunch together talking talking business or sure. we'll be on a staff call talking life. And, and yeah. the, it, it's a beaut- it really is a beautiful entanglement of no obligations. And, and it's not... Uh, I guess the the easiest way for me to explain it, I don't coach. I I am. It's who I am. It's it's hmm. it's in the genetics. It's in the DNA. It's not something yeah. I do for a living. It's something I do in the grocery store line. So there's no shut off switch mm-hmm. for any of this. It's just waking up every day to make an impact wherever I am, no matter awesome. what I'm doing and no matter what I have in progress. Yeah. So we're going to get some free coaching out of you then today. Um, so oh, that's, the, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it reminds me of the, uh, James Clear talks about that in uh, Atomic Habits, but it's not something I do. I'm, I don't just have to go for a run. It's I'm a runner. I'm you know, a runner. Kind of sure. Um, so yeah, and my, we could have a whole episode on how you navigate uh, business with a spouse. Uh, my my wife and I have had that experience as well. And, and uh, you know, it has, it has its uh, unique challenges, but that's not what this show is going to be about. So talk to us, Mike, let's jump into your background. I know you've been through some, some painful things and some real adversity mm-hmm. in your life. And, um, we're not going to stay there for the whole conversation, but if you would jump back to the point where, um, things kind of, uh, were off the rails for you and things fell apart and we're going to kind of focus on that adversity for a bit. So take us there if you would. Awesome. So, uh, I mean, you and I had that the Baltimore connection or the Maryland connection. So I grew up, born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. But I I joined the Marine Corps in 1992, a couple of years after I graduated high school. And I was I'm a U.S. Marine veteran. So between 92 and 97, I was in the United States Marine Corps, and and uh, I got out. I got well, I was right between the two Gulf Wars. And um, <clears throat> what when I got out in 97, quickly found a job. It was a great job market. So that's one of the reasons I exited I exited the United States Marine Corps. And uh, my, I met my wife in 1999 in abnormal psychology and together really when um when we got together it was really just about making money making money just you know material wealth material accumulation mm-hmm. it was like really a heavy focus on how how rich of a quality of life could we live and and we moved from Maryland to Portland Oregon as part of a corporate move as as a corporation I worked with and I quickly ascended the ranks and you know I was I'm a, I'm a, I was a really really good marine and, and a marine leader and I exited at, at E5 but either way mm-hmm. Point being is I was a good leader and and it was noticed and it was recognized in in, in all of my corporate careers or my corporate uh, 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 companies and I, mm-hmm. I quickly rose the ladder of of success and I got recruited by another company to come and run a sixty five million dollar manufacturing plant and then I got recruited you know to St Louis from Portland Oregon I got recruited to, to St Louis to come and run a three hundred fifty million dollar plant. And so the, the entire time, I, I didn't feel like I was very talented. I didn't feel like I was very valuable. And in fact, I wrote a book called The Imposter in Charge. It was kind of like my treatise to say, here's who I really am. And here's all the the, the, the garbage that I dealt with. So um, anyway, I always felt like an imposter and a fraud because I, I, I didn't love any 
of my corporate time. I, I always thought that I was just like tricking them. And like, as soon as they found out that I wasn't that good, that I was all going to fall apart. And, and it did. Mm. I became 300 mm. pounds and suicidal and drinking at toxic levels. And, and in March of 2016, and for the second time in about 20 months, I got terminated from a position. And this is after a lot of success that I had. Mm. So 20 months, like really quickly and bang, bang. And and uh, I knew I had to do something different. And I, what I tried to do different is get back into a corporate role. And I say that tongue in cheek is I was going to well, do it differently this time, right? Sure. Let me let me just jump in for real quickly. So I'm um, just curious when you say, I, I understand, I think on some level, we all sometimes suffer from maybe imposter syndrome. And I think there, that's a tough uh, line to define as far as, mm. you know, fake it till you make it versus pushing your boundaries and learning as you go, because you do need to push yourself. We all need to push ourselves and do things we're, we're uh, you know, maybe a little bit afraid of. So I guess my question really comes down to, were you, were you kind of presenting someone that you weren't really... Um, that you couldn't live up to? Was it more in your head or was it that, that you were fooling them? It was, it was, I was fooling them because it was projected confidence, right? It was, gotcha. it was completely internal. It was all uh -huh. about what I believed. Of. It was self-perception. It was all about the stories I was telling myself about who I was. They, there was plenty of evidence, Jamie, that I was talented. I kept getting promoted sure. and I kept getting, sure, sure. I mean, I, I got raise after raise and, you know, yeah. brought all over the country to, to train and run operations. Yeah. So sure. the evidence was there that I was, yeah. I was good and I was adequate and, and I had talent. I just wouldn't allow myself to believe it. Like Got there was, it. there was this pain point in my body that, that, you know, and, and, and look, if you do any mindset work, you're going to find out that the stories that you learn between zero and seven, you kind of lock in your subconscious, who you really are. Your 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 kind of like self-concept really formulates really early in your life. So mm -hmm. when, when you're, when you're in a house where people are telling you that you're not talented and you're, you're not good, you're not good enough and you're raised mm -hmm. in, in that type of environment, then you're going to struggle to believe that you're ever, sure. ever good. And then when somebody says, Hey, you're talented. Did you're gonna your inner narrative is gonna take over and dominate, right? So you're gonna reject that and you're saying, No, I just tricked you too. Well, again, the evidence was there that I was really good and I was talented. Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't sure. let myself believe it and feel it. So it. and 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 it was like I was just running from I was just running from that conversation my whole life. And I kept drinking it, I tried to drink it away and tried to, you know, have sex enough to make it go away. And I tried to watching up sports to make those stories go away and I couldn't make it go away. I felt like I was like, everything was going to fall apart at some point. Mm. And it did. Got it. And, and, it and, did. Uh, and so you, the reason you lost uh, your job, it sounds like twice mm -hmm. were, was almost self-sabotage in a sense. Well, when, when you're holding the story that your life's going to fall apart, then you make it happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Your stories come true. I mean, the, whatever sure. you believe about yourself, you make it true. And and, and yeah. this is like this is the, the flip side of the imposter syndrome mm -hmm. is I get to decide who I am. You don't get to decide who I am. I get to decide who I am and I tell you who I am. I don't wait to, for you to tell me who I am. I get to tell you. I can decide mm -hmm. who I want to be anytime. Like I, I know you you do some mortgage work and some real estate yeah. investing work. Look, yep. the one guy I was I was at a speaking engagement and the guy says, How did you how did you like become a coach? I said, mm -hmm. I started telling people I was a coach. <laughs> and like, absolutely is that it i said yeah that's pretty much it i just started telling people that i was a coach and then somebody said hey i was looking for a coach would you want to sit down i was like yes and then my client my, my client portfolio built it literally is that simple there's no rules to this thing you get to decide who you want to be i don't need a there's no license for coaching there's no or speaking sure. or writing a book or podcasting there's no licenses for any of this stuff you just mm -hmm. decide to be it and then the world meets you there but if yeah. you decide that you're if you decide that you're a fraud and that you're an imposter, then you are. Mm -hmm. The world sees you there and sure. it will eventually fall apart, right? It will catch up to you. Absolutely. No, there are plenty of people with lots of, uh, you know, uh, triple digits after, uh, double or triple digits you know, after their name and different uh, titles and, and things that absolutely just frankly uh, suck. <laughs> Cold <laughs> sweat. Bluntly. <laughs> Look, I've, I've worked, I've worked probably my most financially um, uh, valuable client um, net worth wise. He, he was a nine figure guy, easy. And he was always, I need more income. Mm -hmm. And he was mm -hmm. like, like money was the root of sure. all of his pain. So money right. doesn't solve a poverty right. mindset and a poverty heart set, right? Success isn't going to take away the feeling that you have that you're a failure or you're sure. a fraud. 
but also the the people with maybe a PhD or an MD in their title doesn't necessarily mean that they're no. actually good good at their their role. But talk to us more about 2016. Let's dive in. What think, sounds like you uh, were drinking, you were overweight, you lost lost your job, and I and um, what uh, it, it sounds like things really fell apart. So let's let's drill down on that a little bit. Yeah, March 18th, 2016, I came home from work for the second time and told my, in 20 months and told my wife I lost a job. And, uh, you know, she went into complete panic because that's the, that's the only thing we ever had. We had we had money and we had materials and we tried to show it. We were that Facebook that people, those people on Facebook that showed the world that everything was was put together. But inside, you know, there was there was physical, mental and emotional abuse inside my my house. Uh, my kids were were raised in a completely toxic environment, seeing me uh, drink way too much and seeing my wife pop pills and be in paralysis and pharmaceutical addiction for uh, for weeks and weeks at a time. And and they saw, you know, uh, they saw physical violence and they saw just shit that they should have never been exposed to. Right. Um, from from any, uh, I guess, from any for any good parenting. <laughs> but but the point is, is when I, I, I knew that that second time that you know, I mean, I needed to do something different. And and I started working with a mentor. And it was the first time that I really ever expressed my truth and who I really was and what I really felt and what was going on inside of my mind and my body. And we started working on clearing that stuff out. Hmm. And, you know, this is when I decided to start writing The Imposter in Charge, where the first the first chapter is really just all and it was it came out in 2018. So it's not like I'm on a promotional tour for this thing. <laughs> right. But, but, uh, but it, it, you know, I just I kind of like opened up my soul and said, look, here's Here's what here's what's who I've really been in this lifetime and and here's what's really been going on. The ruse is over and I'm 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 kind of gonna let all the all the um all the, the the skeletons out of the closet. But I started putting myself back together and my my stories and I started unraveling, you know, um uh, I guess stories about you know, religious stuff that I had been taught that didn't fit for me and, and, uh, economic stuff that didn't fit for me and, and success stuff, the, the, the basis of success. I mean, my father taught me that making money was hard. My, my, he taught me I had to work really, really hard and the man was going to rob from you and the rich people are greedy. And, you know, I mean, he, he, marriage is hard. My dad loved me a lot, but he told me a lot. He taught me a lot of really, really painful stuff that wasn't true. It was true for him. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. it was true for him, he made it true. But they weren't mm-hmm. true, right? They, these these are these are beliefs that he adopted mm-hmm. that he started to teach me because he thought he was doing me a service. And and all sure. I did was take these beliefs that he taught me, and I put them in play and put them in action. So the point is, is I got to clear out a lot of this mess and a lot of these. Mm-hmm old antiquated false painful beliefs that that I had you know been carrying around since I was like you know a little kid but anyway mm-hmm. the point being is when I started making these shifts and started mm-hmm. making these changes and started taking care of my body and eating better and exercising and running mm-hmm. and 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 you know reading healthy books and and journaling and meditating and and listening to podcasts my wife was like I don't like this <laughs> I don't like this guy like, I don't really? like this person. Yeah, no, this, no, you, you, this, this isn't who I married. Like, sure. go get a job. And, and I, I, I interviewed for a couple jobs and, and I came up runner up about four or five times. And she's like, you need to find a job. Stop journaling. Stop reading your book. Stop exercising. Go find a job. I need security. We need benefits. Hmm. And she fought and attacked so much. I filed for divorce. And wow. When I when I came home and I told her because we had threatened, I mean, we had been together for 16, 17 years at the time. And when I came home and told her that I filed for divorce, she laughed at me because she was still high. And then the very next morning when when the buzz wore off, she came downstairs crying and she said, how do we put this thing back together? I don't want Hmm. this. And we went to NA that night and, uh, and we both started cleaning up, man, you know, and, and, and we start started rebuilding everything from the inside out. And there's so again we we could literally there's <laughs> I'll say ten episodes <laughs> actually in this one we we could we could hold but for someone out there who might be kind of at rock bottom or close to rock bottom or just going through some very difficult times you said you found a mentor mm-hmm. um, and and it's inevitable we're going to gloss over a lot of the pain and a lot of the work you did put into sure to kind of you know dig deep and and work on yourself but how does someone go about how did they find how did you find your mentor yeah he was actually a friend of mine believe it or okay. not and, and and when we were he he actually sat next to me in graduate school and hmm. and he had made a a life change and he had made a pivot and he, he lived in portland oregon and i had already moved to st louis but 
I, I was watching him on social media and he was losing weight and he was putting all these these fancy positive you know messages on Facebook. And I'm like, who the frick do you think you are? <laughs> like, I know who you really are. This isn't who you are. And what happened? He started like getting out of the darkness and he started unwinding and unraveling all the darkness that he had been running from. And and I saw it. So when when everything like started falling away, when everything did fall apart for me, he was mm-hmm. one of the only people that that kind of stayed stayed connected to me. And, and we, we we had a conversation. He's like, what if I can help? Mm-hmm. And and I didn't even know what coaching was at the time, Jamie. And, and mm-hmm. I said, what, is, what does that mean? What does that look like? Like, how, 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 do, how can you help? And he started telling me about coaching. And my thought was, I got to pay you to be my friend. And that's not what it was at all. It wasn't what it was at all because I had never really exposed my soul and who I really was to him. I Mm. just kept a lot of secrets, right? Sure. I appreciate you sharing that. And so, okay, so you file for divorce. Your your wife... I mean, it's. I mean, I'm guessing you were obviously serious about getting a divorce. Yeah. You're not gonna, no, not it was done. Be. I yeah. filed. I didn't threaten. I filed. And sure. and in fact, when when she said we were going to put things back together, when we were going to work to put things back together, the mm-hmm. the money stayed with the lawyer and the paperwork stayed on the lawyer's desk. I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not effing around. Like if mm-hmm. we if we start backsliding, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And and this is like, here's the number one. There's a difference between being living a self-centered life and being selfish. Okay. And this is one of the biggest lessons I've ever, I've ever had to learn. Okay. That I've ever yeah, gotten the experience to learn. I was taught that wanting anything for yourself or doing anything for yourself was selfish. Hmm. Putting okay. yourself first, taking care of yourself, like doing, wanting things, needing things, mm-hmm. desiring things wanting anything on your own terms. I, I was taught that that stuff was selfish and and it's not. Those things are self-centered and spe- living a self-centered life is a very healthy place to live because you are one of one. You are here to live the greatest life possible that you could possibly create with people around you that want for you what you want for yourself. And mm-hmm. all they ask in return is for you to do the same for them. Like mm-hmm. you inspire each other to live sure. the most authentic, powerful, prosperous, healthy, mm-hmm. loving life possible. And their job is not to get in your way and your job is not to get in their way. But one plus one equals three and we're better together. Yeah, I love that's it. A, so yeah, that's so a we're self-centered already. life, not a selfish life. What I had done is thought if I wanted to start a business and my wife wanted me to get a job, I was being selfish by starting a business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I'm here to live a life for me and the right people jump on the wagon and the the right people jump off. (laughs) And and if, if, if someone, if someone is, is that close to you and fights who you are, then -hmm. they're not working for you. They're working against Mm -hmm. you. They're not working with you. They're not your ally. They're, they're not, they're, they're an adversary, right? Mm-hmm. Fits right into the, 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 yeah. the title yeah. of your podcast. Absolutely. Right? So, and one thing that comes to mind, this has been a theme in the, in the podcast over the, these episodes we've done is that, um, a lot of people, a lot of the guests we have who, who've been through a transformation or it certainly overcome some real adversity in their life. What ends, ends up happening is they let go of the, the, the focus isn't on this maybe worldly like big picture thing and it, it, they end up focusing more internally and in, um in their own network and in a sense what you just said is taking that to an extreme meaning so i'll give you an example put it make it a little more clear in 2015 i had a mindset shift myself maybe not as dramatic not as rock bottom but it was you know, I was probably, I was in a groundhog day. Woe is me. I go to work. I sit in a commute all day and then I go, you know, do the family thing, go home, you know, blah, blah, blah. But instead of watching cable news and and focusing on things that I couldn't control, I ended up saying, no, what are my strengths? Who do I know that, you know, what are the positive people in my life? And in a sense, the same thing you're talking about, but you're saying to even more, more of an extreme where it's actually really focused on yourself. Um, so <laughs> and, I haven't and the, articulated it well, but basically, if you let go of these things that you can't control and you end up focusing really on yourself and yes. what you can control, you can end up being a positive influence on those people around you. And it ends up not being selfish because you're actually giving so much to others. 
Um, true, true story. My wife, when, when I started working out, I've got a, a, a gym in the basement and I would mm-hmm. come down and I would clink weights all the time and mm-hmm. every day, sometimes a couple times a day. And this is when I didn't have a job. I didn't have income. I didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. I had no idea. Sure. I was in a place of this complete neutrality. I, I, I just had no idea what I was doing. Right. Mm-hmm. I knew a pivot was in process. I just didn't mm-hmm. know what it was going to look like. And I would work out and I would fill my time with with health producing and physical, mental and emotional, spiritual health producing activities. Right. For the first time yeah. in my life, I stopped doing things that would hurt me and I started doing things that would actually grow and evolve me. And my wife didn't like it. And she would, mm. she would literally, she would like, when I was on the treadmill and I was in my gym and she would come down and start arguing with me about, about taking time away from the family. And I mean, it was completely, all it was, was she didn't feel like she could do that. Like for whatever yeah. reason, she didn't feel like she had permission or authority or whatever to do that. To, to do the exercising herself. To do the Is same thing I was doing. Yeah. Right. Got so, it. so, it, and, and when I she had she had argued with me about things like that before and when i gave in things just stayed the same and this time mm-hmm. something was different because no matter what her words couldn't hurt me mm-hmm. and for the first time i had resolve in me that i was mm-hmm. going to live the life that i want to live whether you like give me permission or not <laughs> i'm not seeking your permission it sounds sounds assholeish but listen to me <laughs> li- li- yeah. listen listen to this yeah. like this is called boundaries and to a person who sure. doesn't have boundaries like setting boundaries sounds and feels selfish, all right? Mm-hmm. But I was persistent in that I am not giving up these healthy activities for me, whether no matter how hard you fight or how hard you don't. And that's when I filed for divorce. Anyway, a couple mm-hmm. months later, she started getting on the treadmill mm-hmm. and she started clanking weights and she started signing up for fitness classes. And then a couple months later, our daughters started doing the same thing. That's awesome. So what I've learned is that I've got to figure out what's best for me mm-hmm. and I need to be the leader because they're watching. And yeah. if I don't do the right things, if I don't do the health promoting activities, they're not going to either. Yeah. I'm here to lead them, not to be their little bitch, right? So, <laughs> well, so right. I, it's it's yeah. my responsibility to figure out who I want to be and then help mm-hmm. them become who they want to be. Sure. And another key point is that you're, the best way to lead is by example, right? I mean, absolutely. My, I have two teenagers as well and they... They don't, they don't want to hear what I have to say. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, and, and Jamie, what, what, what I've learned, like I said, 18 and 20 is they don't listen. They're too busy watching. They, That's really good. They, they don't listen. Teenagers yeah. do not listen, but they're watching. Be who you're telling them to be, because if yeah. you're not, they're going to take your they're going to take your clues. They're not doing what you say. They're doing what you do. My yeah. my girls are both fitness crazy now. And it all started by me diving in that not even my, my older daughter, she, Mm -hmm. she came down and she said, dad, you're making too many changes. Like, (laughs) like, can you, can you slow it down? I'm like, baby, I got, I got years to make up. (laughs) Like, ah, like I I got, I got some, I got some progress. I got some ground to make up and she's a a scholarship cheerleader in in university now. Right. And she's a, we, we, she went down and competed at at, at nationals. She's been cheering since she was six, but man, when she, like when she started really pursuing her dream, her passion level went sky high. And all of that came from seeing that she could like do what she wanted without Mm -hmm. anybody else's permission. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly why we have this show is to to show the listener, show people out there that it can be done and show through stories like yours, Mike, that the listener can make changes. You know, it's yeah. it's very, you know, it's very possible. So to, um, walk us through kind of how you started to touch on how things were rebounding. You, you've made some incredible changes at this point, you know, and then it's starting to be contagious. Your wife yeah. starts making yeah. changes. Um, how did your relationship and and then the business how did things progress at that point yeah i mean in early 2017 so about a year later somewhere around march or april of 2017 i signed i got my first i was sitting down to a to a cup of coffee with a, another marine vet and we were just talking you know talking life and talking shop and i just asked this magical question man and it for all you coaches or want to be coaches out there whatever you know whatever aspiring coaches i just said hey what what kind of kind of problems are showing up in your life, like in your life or business? What's got you in a headlock? And mm-hmm. he says, man, I got these. It was a traditional real estate agent. And he says, mm-hmm. I've got these big goals and I, I just I'm struggling to get my team motivated. And I just said, what if I can help with that? 
And, and he said, well, what would that look like? I said, well, what if I do? Well, I, I never thought about this before ever. I was, lo- <laughs> I was looking for one-on-one clients. All right. That's all I was looking sure. for one-on-one clients. So I was like mm-hmm. at this table to try to see if this guy wanted this to become guy. a one-on-one client. Sure. But I said, what if I could solve, what if I could help you with that? And he said, what would that look like? I said, let me, let me do a workshop to come in. Let me, let me come in and spend some time with your team. And, and we started talking money and I gave him a really low offer, right. Just to get me in. And before I left that table, I had two workshops. I was going to do one on a Tuesday and one on a Thursday. And out of those two workshops, assigned two private clients. So the point being is all I did was ask what is your problem and how can I help? Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about yeah. what I want. How can I help you? What, what's got you in a headlock? And are you open to help with that? And it's a, it's a magical set of questions that'll unlock opportunities that, that you could have never imagined. And that's how I made the transition from corporate executive to coach, simply asking that question, right? Everybody mm-hmm. in this world, 8 billion people are walking around with problems that they will pay to have solved. And I was sitting down with a early on in a client relationship with a, with a guy and he was talking about getting money, you know, getting his, his bank mm-hmm. account going and his getting his, mm-hmm. getting his engine, you know, his, his business engine running. And mm-hmm. just, just as a, as a, you know, um, I guess I'm, I don't know, a story, I guess I, I just said, Hey, that gal over there, we're sitting in a coffee shop. I said, that gal over there has a problem. Do you know what her problem is? He said, I don't care about her problem. I said, and that's why you're broke. <laughs> wow. It, that right there, not that, sure. not that you don't know her problem is that you don't care, you don't what, care. what her problem is. Sure. So the way, the way we become successful entrepreneurs, business is very simple, right? I know this is an entrepreneurial yeah. podcast. Absolutely. So yep. let's get down to the basics of business. All right. This, this entrepreneurial thing is very, very simple. People have problems and entrepreneurs are problem solvers. When when you identify a problem that you can solve at a world-class level and you look for people who have that problem that they will pay to have solved, you start to build your entrepreneurial business. And this is how my business, first full year in business, I I hit double six figures from nothing, right? Mm -hmm. The, The first, my 2017, I think I did $36,000. That was, that wasn't a full year in business. Sure. sure. But, but 2018, I almost hit double digits or double six figures. So just by at no website, no freaking marketing, I wasn't no paid advertising, mm-hmm. simply having conversations and asking people what's got you in a headlock and what problem, you know, can I help you solve? So you didn't have kind of a strategic plan, a business plan. You just kind of started asking these questions and listening and trying to solve problems. Uh- Early on, early on in my coaching career, I wasn't focused on entrepreneurs and I wasn't focused Mm -hmm. on, and now I work with a lot of real estate investors and you Mm -hmm. and I were talking about that, but who I was focused on were the the, the problem that I had, right? The the imposter syndrome. And that's why I wrote that book. It was to help our our executives, right? Corporate executives like with the entre or with the uh, imposter syndrome. And, And this was, this was all the marketing I did. Executive leaders hire me to help them feel as powerful inside as they appear on the outside. And when somebody would say, Mike, what do you do for a living? I wouldn't say coach. I wouldn't say speaker. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say all this fancy stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody else. Say executive leaders help me, help me uh, or hire me to help, help them feel as powerful inside as they appear on the outside. Because that's what mm-hmm. I was missing. I knew how to solve that problem. Because because I, I was already in a process of transcending it. So we'll, like people, when they know that we have transcended a problem, they will hire yeah. us to help them transcend that problem. Yeah. Proof, right? proof is in the pudding, right? Absolutely. Pretty, pretty powerful. Absolutely. Um, so now, and then you, what made you, uh, I guess I'll say how much uh, work was it writing a book and, and how was that process? It was a year long. Um, okay. it, and, and I had started, I had stopped and started uh, that book Four times, five times, mm-hmm. and I, I again, I hired a coach. I, I have a book coach. She's also my 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 publisher, so okay. she became my publisher after I, I hired or I I um, finished the book. But she just took me through a process, a step by step process of writing the book, and and Got she's it. she's amazing. Um, if if anybody wants to connect, just reach out. And, and her name is Nancy Erickson. She lives in this local St. Louis area. Shout out Nancy. But anyway, the, <laughs> the point is, she, her her name's the book professor, but she just walks you through a process for your first book, especially, and gives you a framework that you can't, you, I mean, it's a slam dunk. You're going to finish this thing if you just stay on task and on target. Sure. So now before we uh, 
jump into some of these questions I have for you. What, um, how did your marriage resolve itself? You know, talk to us a little bit about that. Cause we, you know, we, we didn't really close the loop on that one. Yeah. So look, I'm going to, I'm going to show you. All right. And if anybody's yeah. watching the yeah. video of this, yeah. okay. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to show you the difference between love and love. All right. Okay. You're, uh, right now with my right hand, I've got a closed <laughs> fist. Okay. Yeah. And we think that's love. And what that really is, is you are obligated to me. You need to stay with me. We're together forever. You can't get away. It, I can't live without you. If you leave, I won't be okay. And and that's that's called really codependency is what that is. It's not love. Okay. Sure. It's you're here to make me feel comfortable and it's your job to make me happy. And I'm not happy and I can't feel, I'm not willing to feel uncomfortable without you. So you need to stay. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you try to get all of your mental and emotional needs met and sexual needs met through this person that mm-hmm. that's a lot of burden to put on somebody. And then there's this other form of love. And, and I'm making a, uh, I've got mm-hmm. my palm up in my yeah. left hand, right? Fingers open and palm up. And it says, I love you so much that I only want for you what you want for you, even if that doesn't include me. Hmm. Wow. That's, and it uh... means, it means you don't need to stay. You're not obligated. I don't need you, but I want you desperately and I want you dearly. But if you ever decide that you don't want me, I want that for you. And that's okay because I want hmm. the best for you. And, and what, Jamie, what I, I got to realize, love, the acronym love that, that serves most powerfully is let others voluntarily evolve. Hmm. So really this, this codependent relationship, mm-hmm. people yep. try to fight to get out of it. This relationship with the palm up, you can leave if you want. Who the hell would ever leave that? It's safe. It's loving. It's sure. inspirational. My job is to, to ask my wife all the time, what do you want? How can I help hmm. you get that? Like, I don't care what it is. What do you want? Hmm. And then she does the same for me. So in in a relationship, in a palm up relationship based on love, letting others voluntarily evolve, one plus one equals three. We're better together. We're more powerful together. This is our safe spot. There's no conflict. There's no drama. There's no attacks, right? That shit's off limits. We keep that. That stuff stays outside of these four walls because inside of these four walls, there's safety, security, love, protection, freedom, mm-hmm. encouragement, inspiration. And we we leave all that drama outside of these walls mm-hmm. if there's even any. And love, love is inside these four walls. It's how can I help you be even more of who, who you are and how can I help you get more of what you want to get in this mm-hmm. world? That's so powerful. Um, you mentioned before some some of the things that have, you know, maybe been uh, instilled in you as at a young age as far as your views on money, religion, mm-hmm. sure. um, and uh, I guess marriage as well. So would you say that marriage and making money do not take hard work? Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, when you're married to the right person, marriage isn't hard. When, That's good. when, when you're, I, I was on a coaching call the other day and I was talking to a guy who's afraid of his wife spending him into bankruptcy. And he's like, mm-hmm. How would you manage your mm-hmm. wife's spending if you're mm-hmm. afraid that she'll overspend? I said, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be married to that person. <laughs> like, if I have to protect myself from yeah. you, then is right. that really a, is that, it, Jamie, I'm just, t- these are just my beliefs, sure. right? Yeah. Like, if I have to protect myself from my spouse, yeah. am I really married to the right person? If I have to protect my finances from my spouse, am I really mm-hmm. married to the right person? If my spouse doesn't want for me what I want for myself, am I really married to the right person? Mm-hmm. Like we've accepted these things as just a, it's just how marriage is. You have to fight to to, to stay financially viable and you have to sure. protect yourself and you have to worry about attacks. And you, you know, if mama ain't ha- happy, ain't nobody happy. That's all bullshit. If mm-hmm. mama ain't happy, mama ain't happy. <laughs> that's now, how it. about the how about the hard work piece when it comes to making money because i know you made good money as a corporate executive i did um so even, even more now so so we incorporate the, the approach there yep. yeah in corporate um there was there was this thing when i was standing up in front of my team and i was giving a presentation and i was talking about the future and talking about the vision and talking about what we were capable of and what we were achieving and or or what was possible like their, their eyes were locked on me and, and I had their attention and they always walked out like more motivated and inspired mm-hmm. than when they walked in. 
Mm-hmm. And and people would say, Mike, you're a good speaker. And I would say, no, I'm not. Because mm-hmm. I felt like an imposter. Mm-hmm. There's a book, Jamie, there's a book called The Big Leap. B-I-G-L-E-A-P, The Big Leap. And it's by a mm-hmm. fellow named Gay Hendricks. And it's he talks about getting in your zone of genius. So there's a couple zones. And one of them is a zone of excellence or like the zone zone of competence. But the highest mm-hmm. level is your zone of genius. And most people are living in their zone of excellence. It's what they don't enjoy, probably makes a good income. You, you, you don't necessarily enjoy, you know, you don't wake up inspired to do this thing, but you do it because you get good results. It makes good income and, you know, your quality of life is okay. But there's this zone called the zone of genius where what you do is easy and effortless and you don't lose, like you don't lack motivation and you don't mm-hmm. lose inspiration and you'll do it without getting paid mm-hmm. and you'll get paid a lot of money for doing this thing. Mm-hmm. We all we all have one, but most people haven't found it and they're not even looking for it. I need to check that out. I think I've heard of that book. Um, but what, what it makes me think of is, you know, people have the question of kind of maybe younger people, but even someone going through a midlife crisis as well. Um, you know, what should I do with my life? Should I follow my passion? Should I... Should I not follow my passion? And and personally, I think, and again, I haven't read the book, but you should try to find where, you know, if you have a Venn diagram where your passion kind of go. overlaps problem solving, which is what you're talking about, because it's not selfish. It's not just, oh, I liked, you know, being an artist and that's what makes me happy. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but are you solving problems? Are you actually adding value? Maybe, maybe you are I'm not saying mm-hmm. you can't do it that way. Sure. But um. I think, you know, both ex- either extreme is not good where you're following your passion, but you're not listening to others and not trying to solve their problems. You're not going to get paid much for that. It's right. not going to be successful, really. And then the other extreme, which I think is maybe kind of what you were doing as a corporate executive, I could be wrong, but um, chasing the dollar, chasing the money, you know, uh, but not really following your passion at all. So, I mean, I can tell you wake up every day and you love what you do. So it's, I, I do. Well, in corporate, I did a thousand things every day, right? Or 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 in a in a week, and mm-hmm. some of those were, you know, P and L related and HR related and recruiting sure. related, and I interviewed people, and I did all of that. I managed process process engineers and process lines and supply chains. Oh, <laughs> man, I hated that stuff. But yeah, I two things. I'd say two things that I love. I was getting ready to say one, but there's two things that I love, and that's developing people and developing teams. I could do that at a world class level in my sleep, but there was this thing. There was this. There was this. I when I managed that sixty five million dollar plant, and I walked in, mm-hmm. and when I took over that plant, there were there were six functional leaders, and I immediately recognized that three of them were in way over their heads. They weren't talented enough to to really be successful in that role. I let those three go. I hired two. Uh, two to replace them. So I eliminated the position. And out of those five functional leaders, we we created the best, best functional team that, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. That's and awesome. that we, in three years, we completely overhauled that manufacturing mm-hmm. plant. It was, the COO said, it's a dinosaur and they were getting mm-hmm. ready to sell it. And we made it the, the highest working capital turn engine in the entire, in the entire fleet. And what I did what I did is after mm-hmm. after we gained that success, I said, I got to yeah. get out of here because I'm not that talented. They're doing all the work. And I didn't understand what my genius was. I didn't mm-hmm. uh, because it was so easy. I didn't think there was any value in it. When something's easy, we don't think it's valuable because only hard stuff is valuable. Mm-hmm. We, we've mm-hmm. bought into this thing that mm-hmm. if it's not hard, it's not mm-hmm. worth anything. Then the thing that's easy for you is your moneymaker. Mm-hmm. Do that and people will throw money at you. That's it's great. not hard for me to speak. It's not hard for me to develop people. It's not hard for me to develop teams. And this is mm-hmm. why I get paid a lot of money to do them and I enjoy mm-hmm. it in the process. I just didn't know it was a gift. Yeah, that's fantastic. So much I could dive into, but I've got uh, some rapid fire questions then then we'll wrap up here, Mike. This has been fantastic. Um, What's one thing that people misunderstand about you? Nah, I'm not selfish. I am I am the the most loving, giving, caring, compassionate, empathetic human being walking this planet. I'm just not going to sacrifice myself for anyone. That's 
man, that's that's got to be the the mic drop quote for the the episode right there. What's, Com- compassion and empathy are understanding other people's problems. It's not sharing in them. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not mm-hmm. it's not watering yourself down for somebody mm-hmm. else's benefit. Sure. It's not it's not sacrificing your well being because somebody else has a problem. It's caring about it and helping where you can, but it's a, allowing them to grow and evolve as a human being as well. That's great. Um, we, we've already talked a little bit about this, but what's one of your biggest failures in life or, or regrets or however you want to frame it? It's something you'd like a do over for. Oh my gosh. Um, that's a hard one. When you look at everything as an opportunity that's gotten you here. Um, yeah, here you go. <laughs> I'm going to get emotional. I wrote, <laughs> I haven't thought about this in a while. I wrote a, a, a little poem in, in my book and it talks about how I would play with my girls and mm-hmm. we would be on the floor and we'd be rolling around. I'm going to get emotional mm-hmm. and, and we'd be playing and we'd, we, we dance and they'd sing and we'd be happy and, and, and laugh together. And all of a sudden after a couple too many beers, I'd turn into a monster and start throwing shit at them mm-hmm. and get angry. Wow. And that love would turn to anger for no reason. And I hurt, I hurt, I hurt my angels. I hurt, I mean, those girls were precious. And it was just the alcohol that did that. And I was not that guy, but I had no control over that shit at that time. Well, thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Um, little, little lighter. Um, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? Winston Churchill. Okay. When the world's oh. collapsing around you and all everything looks like failure is imminent, how do you keep it together? Hmm. How do you, when the entire world feels like it's against you and nobody and nobody's showing up for you, how do you, how do you hold, how do you resolve? How do you hold this element of resolve that everything's going to be okay? That's, that's what I would ask them. If you were given $10 million tomorrow, just somebody wrote a check, no strings attached, what would you do with it? Keeping you on your toes, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, this one, this one's a this one's a good one. I've never heard this one before. <laughs> I would invest in my reach in this business. Because my business does a lot of good in this world. Mm-hmm. And it helps a lot of people overcome a lot of uh what I like to call survival mode. Mm-hmm. Mental, emotional, spiritual, financial survival mode. Mm-hmm. This business does a lot of good. We have a mm-hmm. large reach and it's increasing. And I would take that $10 million and I would double down. Awesome. I mean, you clearly believe in what you do. It's, it's, I do. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. What's Speaking of your business, what's just one challenge? There's always a challenge. What's an internal challenge in your business that you're grappling with right now? Yeah, there's just this feeling that nobody's listening. Okay. We can scream loud, right? We're in a world sure. in social media and yeah. where there's a cluttered social media and and people have worn, you know, are worn out on email marketing and you know, yeah. you got paid advertising and all the platforms are shifting algorithms. There's just, you know, it, the world is cluttered with influencers and mm-hmm. uh and being heard is uh and screaming louder doesn't always get you heard. Um sure. And and really for us, it's it's not about the platforms. It's not about social media. We do okay mm-hmm. there, but mm-hmm. it's really about getting in front of audiences because when we get in front of audience, people listen. But man, what a what a cluttered world of uh, of influencers we live in. Yeah, and some some who make a, a a massive difference for others, sure. and some who make a massive dif- difference for themselves. Hmm. That's that's a great way to put it. Um, now I know you had kind of a taste of financial abundance you know, prior to your, to 2016. Mm-hmm. And then now you, you, you're making good money as well. Um, how has financial abundance made your life better? Uh, margin, it, mar- margin, I, the, the word, the word I'll, I'll come back to. I love that word, Jamie, uh, that, that margin it's, I, I don't have to say yes when I want to say no. I don't have to say no when I want to say yes. I I I get to make my own choices and I got I've got room to breathe and I've got time to breathe and I've got I've got resources for self-care and I can buy better uh quality food and I don't ha- it doesn't come down to you know payroll or mortgage. I mean mm-hmm. just it there's the lights are going to stay on. The mm-hmm. the 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 how the mortgage is going to get paid. If mm-hmm. an opportunity, if somebody can help me increase the the reach and impact of this business, I can say mm-hmm. yes. 
Um, it. It, it, money can't make you happy, mm-hmm. but but it'll definitely give you a higher quality of life that allows you to 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 explore avenues to to create more happiness in your life. Sure. Gives you options. That's fantastic. Um, we've already hit on how you like to serve others. That's basically been the whole the whole show, yeah. quite honestly. Um, what's one question that you wish I'd asked that I haven't asked? Oh man. I wish you would have given me these before. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's all good. Um, you know, if there's anything you want to hit on as far as uh, you know, your next book that's coming out or your podcast, let's talk about any of that stuff. I'm still thinking about the last question. I, I haven't okay. I haven't left that one yet. Um, give me give me one second and let me think through that. How about this? What what's the biggest challenge that you see with people struggling to uh struggling to get out of survival mode? Go ahead and ask me. What's the biggest <laughs> challenge that you see uh, with people struggling to get out of survival mode? They don't believe in themselves enough. They don't believe in themselves enough. Every challenge, every obstacle, every problem that I've I've ha- not been able to overcome is just mm-hmm. because I didn't believe in myself enough. And that's the number one headlock that people can get themselves in. And this is why, and this is why we sacrifice ourselves. And this is why we stay in toxic relationships. And this is why we stay in toxic careers that we hate. This is why we 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 set alarm clocks when we don't want to, is because we don't mm-hmm. believe in ourselves enough. You can have anything you want in this world. You can you can do anything you want in this world. You can be anything you want in this world. The the only problem is you don't believe in yourself enough. Love it. It's fantastic. All right. So the the final question, where can our listeners find you online? Thanks for asking that question. My uh, Our website is www.innerwealthglobal.com. We've got some resources on there. But I am on, on all the socials, right? Facebook, uh, connect with my... My personal Facebook page. Um, there, there's, there's a few Mike Kitko's, but you'll be able to point me out. I'm, the, I'm the bald guy. Um, on, we do some TikTok work on TikTok. Uh, we're building a mm-hmm. little bit of a TikTok uh, following, but, but yeah, um, innerwealthglobal.com, the socials. Uh, I offer uh, every once in a while. I offer um, uh, some free uh, workshops, virtual workshops. The uh, the key the key offering that we have is I have a mastermind full of uh, driven entrepreneurs that are looking for time and financial and and the freedom and the freedom from worry fear and doubt. To me, that that's the most critical to all of this. Fantastic. So I already said that, that I asked my final question, so I'll have to frame this as a statement. Um, what <laughs> describe to us your your perfect avatar? I'm sure it's not you know just a, a you know, super specific. I know you work with lots of different types of people yeah. uh, across all walks of life, but who is your your um, ideal client, if you will? Yeah, look, 85% of the people that I work with, not by design or, or real estate investors, just because they value freedom. That's why somebody gets in the uh, real estate investment space because they value yeah. freedom. They they want freedom and they want to live life on their own terms. My uh, my avatar is somewhere between 35 and 55 years old. They're they're driven mm-hmm. by freedom. They're they're they've lived life according to everybody else's design and and how they were supposed to live. And, and they're just they're they're not full, man. Uh, they're they're empty, and they know there's they're missing something and they don't know what they're missing. Uh, and they know that as soon as they have it, they'll be able to live life on their terms. I love it. It's fantastic. Mike, I uh, I did ask another question. So I already, uh, I, I got to cut myself off here before I do it again. But Mike <laughs> Kitko, thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been fantastic. Jamie, thanks for having me. And, and I really appreciate it. You're doing great work. And uh, and it doesn't hurt that you're a Baltimorean, man. I <laughs> Absolutely. And your podcast name, throw that out there for the listeners. Yeah. Thank you. The podcast, the name is Lead, Love, Profit, Play, and it's available on all the the major platforms. Uh, Pretty proud of it. It's reached uh, six continents, and that's what I'm saying. I'm on six continents. We've hit 42 countries and about 740 cities around the world. Uh, I love making an impact any way possible. Looks like you have 82 episodes currently out. And um, so you got a little bit of a jump on me. So um, (laughs) we'll get there. We'll get there together, man. Fantastic, Mike. This has been really, really good. I think this is uh, this is one I may listen to myself a few times. It's been very good. So thanks again. Well, thank um, you. And to our listener out there, thank you so much for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. We do appreciate you. We ask that you do like, subscribe, but most importantly, share the show with a friend. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, 
Please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, inspiring stories of mental, physical, and financial transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.